If you've listened to any of our conversion rate optimization episodes or webinars, you know we have a lot of opinions about pop-ups. This week on the podcast, we're talking about how you can serve pop-ups on your store that are both friendly and effective. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with BFCM planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Search for Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business, and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there. Maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client's store using neat A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat AB Testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing just fine today. Just fine. Just fine. <laughs> just I am doing medium. It's still early. It's, there's still. I was just going to be really negative, but no, there's time for my day to get even better. Fantastic. I love that outlook. Let's do some jumping jacks. Have some fun. Let's go. That's what I always say when my daughter's like having a bad day. I'm like, let's do jumping jacks. Because I, I don't know why I decided to jump. Oh, I, I do the whole like dance party. Yeah. Well, you know, when Kelly and I were together, we had some, when because we're building this super secret app that y'all don't know about. And we had some mental blocks because building is challenging. And so we had a dance party. And I recommend it. 10 of 10 recommend. Exactly. I think they're really helpful. I think they're good. We should maybe even share the playlist. <laughs> that might be a good idea. <laughs> that might be a good idea. I'll give you a hint. If you're familiar with like 2000s Screamo, yeah. <laughs> it's mostly that. And pop punk. And, and pop punk. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So Kelly, you're, this is your second week back off of your sabbatical. It is. Yes. How are you feeling? Um overwhelmed. Fair. Fair. Already. Okay. Fair. <laughs> I think that's, look, I think most entrepreneurs are are overwhelmed. Uh, and and actually Kelly wrote a really great e- email newsletter 
Do, yeah, a newsletter. A doodad about uh, about overwhelm and burnout a couple weeks ago. So y- y'all should check that out because I yeah, I was a bit, I'll I was add a, it into yeah. the show notes. I'm a big fan of it, and it's something to just keep in mind as we head into holiday. Do you like I'm like talking about holiday again because it's August, but as we head into holiday, you know, one of my favorite things what um, about my newsletter is so the newsletter is called Your Friend's Guide to Entrepreneurship, and it's I send an email every Friday. The email takes five minutes or less to read. Like I, I try to keep it short. And I decided on a whim to buy the domain, your friend's guide to entrepreneurship.com. Okay. And it is the longest domain ever. I love that. Also, sometimes I spell entrepreneur. I can even say it. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> it's like, definitely. I should know how to spell that. Also calendar. I have definitely down. I know how to spell it. I just typo it. Yeah. That's the problem. You type it every time. That sounds like you don't know how. Entrepreneurship. It's like the, it's the going from R-E-P-R-E. Yeah. That part, I always typo. Like, I just end up saying like entrepreneurship. Yes. And just leave out the R. <laughs> it, it gets what? Spelling is is a wild, wild ride. But you know what else is a wild ride, Kelly? What's a wild ride? E-commerce's relationship with pop-ups. Yeah. And there's a lot. This is something we've <laughs> talked about at length, at length. Yeah. So let's, I guess let's start with why it's, why there are so many opinions about them. How about that? Is the, oh, so the whole episode is not going to be like, here's all the opinions, but Rian's is right? Oh, there, no. <laughs> because we have different opinions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. It doesn't work like that. I, it could. It could. I won't let it. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so there's lots of opinions about pop-ups. Yeah. But why don't we go over what a pop-up is first? What's a pop-up? A pop-up is a pop-up. Um, a pop-up is something that shows up when, when you either are, uh, we'll get into more details here, when you either load a website or you are uh, leaving a website, you'll see something pop up that is, I can't describe pop-up. Something will appear. There we go. Uh, well, it will pop like up. Maybe asking for your, <laughs> I was trying to explain a pop-up without using the words pop-up. Yeah. Um, pop-up. Uh, it will, uh, it appears and it usually prompts you for something, either like to give you a discount code, asks for your email, asks for your phone number, uh, might make you, ask you to confirm your age, might ask you to say, hey, we have cookies. Do you want some? Um, but not the tasty kind. So no, not the tasty kind, not the tasty kind at all. So with these pop-ups, as there are many, let's talk about the, the welcome pop-up first. So you're landing on the, the store or the website and it's like, pa-pow, pop-up. Pop-up. That's how it feels. Exactly. Pa-pow. Pa-pow. Yeah. So to to back up, we're talking both welcome and entry pop-ups and then exit intent. So we're starting with welcome. Oh, yes, and entry. sorry. We're just tr- so we're yeah. you know, differentiating between the two. Yes, yes, yes. So there are three part primary kinds of welcome pop-ups. You have your age gate, which is if you are visiting, let's say, a website that sells alcohol and it wants you to confirm your age that you are of age to be visiting this website. Um, my favorite version of this is, I forget which website it was, that if you put in an age that's less than 21, being the drinking age in the States, it would redirect you to Disney.com. 
I kind of love that. I know. I wish I knew. I wish I could remember what store it was or what website it was because I thought it, I thought it was really funny. Um, but yeah, it's just a, an age confirmation that you can legally visit this website and shop on this website. Yeah. Uh, the second one I had mentioned before is cookies. So we have we use cookies on our website. Please accept or choose which types of cookies you want to accept, either all of them or just like the absolutely necessary ones. And then the third kind are the email and SMS capture pop-ups. You mostly see these as email pop-ups, but as SMS becomes more and more popular, you start seeing, I've definitely started seeing more SMS pop-ups, either in the same pop-up with asking for your email and then asking for your phone number or a separate pop-up for SMS, which we've had conversations about the UX of like so many things showing up on the screen that can get kind of annoying. Um, I prefer to have things all in one place if possible, or just like not intrusive overall. So I can make use of the screen real estate that I have. And you know, who also doesn't like it when your pop-ups are intrusive? Google. Who? <laughs> and me. And you. Exactly. But there's a lot of um, science around it. And yeah. because Google is the boss of search. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Google has written extensively about pop-ups and when and where they should be and how intrusive they should be. And especially because Google indexes mobile first, it's important to pay attention to both your desktop and mobile experience, obviously. But if Google's indexing mobile first, that means, you know what I do not want to see? And Google does not want to see a wall-to-wall pop-up in the first one second that I can't exit out of on my mobile phone. They're very popular right now. That specific um, modal instance Mm pop-up is very popular. It's like a trend right now to do, don't do it. Please do not do it. Do not do it. Especially the wall-to-wall. The wall-to-wall is actually very, that's a high-risk, low-reward situation. Because exactly. the 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 reward in theory is that email SMS capture or whatever, and the high risk is being delisted from Google. So there, you know, choose your choose your own adventure there. Yeah, email SMS pop ups. Those are the annoying ones. Those are the ones that Google doesn't like. Yes, age gates. Yes, cookies. Those are necessary ones. Just to be crystal crystal clear, crystal clear, you're not going to get penalized for showing an age gate pop up as like as soon as the page loads. It, it also too depends on how your pop ups fly in. Let's just say, <laughs> I don't know why I've used. I'm just. Do you remember being in high school and and making a PowerPoint and then just using every single feature you could the different fonts the yeah. what, what was the uh it, like, the, pixels the, the, in the, the art yes <laughs> the word the, art the, trans, the word art there i go the transitions from one slide to the next that are always yeah. different we're, we're not going for that here we're going especially including with cookies and age gating you're still looking for like a fly-in from the side that takes up less than 20 percent of your screen real estate You just are. And normally the cookie pop-up is more from below. That's where you normally see it. And that's kind of where people expect it to be. So that's probably where yours should be as well. But in the age gate, I would fly in from left or right side, maybe even top. But I would just don't cover your entire uh, screen, even though those ones are considered okay by Google. Now I understand y'all are thinking, well, I have a welcome pop-up. I know you do. In a perfect world, in my world, you wouldn't. But I am in a minority when it comes to my thoughts on this. So what my recommendation would be 
is give Google time to crawl your site. So give them, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds to crawl your site. And also, if you do not, if if the pop-up is not intrusive, it's the intrusive part that is like the key. So if it flies in from the side and doesn't take your whole screen real estate, that's not an intrusive pop-up. It's when it eats your whole screen that's intrusive. I am done talking it's about intrusive. They're the worst. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I there are some one of my I love Universal Standard, for instance. They they have a wall-to-wall pop-up right now. And I'm like, can you not? I, I haven't shopped. They're doing a sample sale right now, and I haven't shopped it because they have a pop-up and it frustrates me. It's funny you talk about intrusive because when I was doing when I was writing the hook, I, I really wanted to write both friendly and not intrusive. So it, you know, it's it's a, it's I just didn't want to open with the hook, but at least we got to talk about it. So that's that's okay. We did get to talk about it, but okay, here's another way to think about it. <laughs> Imagine you're walking in, by the way, for those of you who can't see me right now, I have an egg roll in one hand while she's I- literally just waving an egg roll around <laughs> as she talks about intrusive pop-ups. Imagine you're walking into Nordstrom, right? And let's say you're walking in from inside of the mall. We've all done this. Nordstrom can be replaced with whatever store is local to you that is a department store. You're walking in, you know you're going to hit the perfume area because that's what is there, right? That tale as old as time, that is how department stores are laid out. You walk in, and as soon as you get in, instead of the perfume people being like, would you like a spray of perfume? No, 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 no. Someone blocks your entrance and is like, give me your email. And then condescendingly is like, or not, like that's your, you're bad. You're bad. And, and then you have to walk past them, but they're trying to block you the entire time. Are you going into Nordstrom then, or are you leaving? And if the answer is you turn around and leave, that's what people do to your website as well. Okay, I I will get off my soapbox, eat my egg roll, <laughs> eat your egg roll. We'll get into the, the sarcasm bit piece in a moment, but um, I did want to back up a little bit while we're still talking about welcome and entry pop ups and, and talk about the three primary types of pop ups I tend to see. The standard pop up. Welcome to our website. Enter your email address for 15% off or free shipping on your first order. And that's it. Uh, The second is spin to win. I hate these, but the reality is they get you a lot of emails. Um, They're usually not your best performing customers. Some some of them can definitely turn into loyal customers, but I find spin to win pop-ups to be totally overused. They're obnoxious. They're huge. And I do not, I'm not here to play games. I'm here to spend money. That is how I feel about it. (laughs) And the third kind are giveaways. And these are simply just like enter your email address to be entered to win a bag or a product that I happen to be selling on my store. Um, I see them or or like win a $200 gift card. Um, I know boutiques do this a lot for winning uh, winning gift cards. I've seen them on, you know, various ones on other stores. Um, but yeah, so those are the, those are the primary three exit intent pop-ups. This is the other type. So exit intent pop-ups show up when you move your cursor away from the main area of the screen, like maybe back to like a bookmark or another tab or like your address bar where you're going to visit another website. And it's like, Hey, wait, don't go into your email address and we'll give you 15% off. The great thing about exit intent pop-ups is Google doesn't care about that. Yeah. 
because they your site has since loaded. And I feel like they're, they could be a really great opportunity for like one final touch point for somebody who's like, eh, the price is kind of high. I'm not really sure I want to actually purchase this right now at this, uh, maybe I'll wait for a sale when you can be like, well, actually, I'll I'll give you 15% off or 10% off or 20% off or whatever. You won't have to pay for shipping. Uh, Whatever it might be, a free gift. It's a good last touch point um, to to keep somebody on your site. I agree. I, those are my favorite kinds of pop-ups. Same. Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous. Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It sounds great. What else can it do? With Gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize the responses with things like an order or tracking number. This will allow your support team to focus on complex questions. Brands like Olipop, Deathwish Coffee, and Steve Madden have reduced their response times and increased efficiency. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? Check out Gorgeous by visiting commercetea.com forward slash gorgeous and try Gorgeous for free for two months. Again, that's commercetea.com forward slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Okay, Kelly. So, you know, I have a lot of opinions about pop-ups. Everyone, I think, has a great idea that I have a lot of opinions about pop-ups. What, in your opinion, makes for a good pop-up when you're like, oh, yeah, you just crushed it. You blew it out of the water. First off, uh, it is not triggered immediately. So I want to wait at least 30 to 60 seconds before I see the pop-up. Give me time to, to learn who you are and what you sell before prompting me for my email address. If I've never visited your website before, I'm not going to give you any of my personal information unless I'm actually interested in potentially signing up for your emails or getting the discount code or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to wait as long as I possibly can, which is another reason why it's really important to have that newsletter sign up elsewhere on your site, like in the footer, because I won't enter it in on the pop-up, but I might actually enter it in in the footer at some point later. So that's a side note. So either you wait a certain amount of time, like 30 to 60 seconds, or you wait until the customer has scrolled down to a certain point on the page and then trigger the pop-up. So again, you're giving the customer an opportunity to read about your brand, what you're selling, who you are, why they should buy from you. My three favorite questions. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, also, hey, you want to give us your email? So not triggered immediately. That's number one. Number one. Um, apps, uh, any of the pop-up apps do this. So you can, if you're using any like email cert providers like Clavio, like OmniSend, Privy, they all offer this as an option with their pop-ups. Um, if you use Just Uno for your pop-ups, they also do it. If you're just using Privy for your pop-ups and your emails hosted elsewhere, still can do it. Highly recommend choosing one of these two options, if not both, to... Uh, wait until to trigger the pop-up. Yes. Uh, and, and for the, the email service providers that allow you to A-B test, this is a good thing to A-B test, actually. So test the two different variants and see maybe if I scroll down to 25% versus 50%, or maybe I wait th- 15 seconds versus 30 seconds. How many email signups am I getting? How many of those people are actually con- turning into paying customers? So some things you can test out there. I I love this. Okay, so... 
super important also for a good pop-up to customize the content to match your brand voice. You know who does this really well? Milk Bar. I feel like we talk, we, we shout them out all the time, but they, A, I mean, the website's fantastic, but B, they, they, everything is branded, right? Like everything fits the voice and the, the visuals of what the intent is. And the intent is selling me a cake. And one thing I like that they do, and you kind of just touched on it, Kelly, it's even if they don't capture you in their pop-up, there's multiple other places for you to enter your email in later after they've built your trust. And that's very smart of them because by the end, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I do want you to email me when it's my birthday so I get a discount code because this was a fun experience at the end. And they've kind of just like set the stage for it until that moment. So you could also use the pop-up to set the stage for what comes next. I like that. Yeah. I was trying to find another example of a brand that does it well, but uh, <laughs> the first website I went to only had sign up, get 15% off your order. The second one I went to has spin the win. So I'm not getting very lucky here. No. Uh, I tried. Okay. Yeah. Milk, milk bar is a great, a great example of this. Yeah. And, and this, this advice, customize the content to match your brand voice. This applies to literally everywhere you have a presence, whether it is on your website, it is in your emails, it is on your pop-ups, it is on social media. You want to have that same brand voice used everywhere you are. If you have prints, if you have a billboard, like that's still a thing. Um, you know, just make sure your brand voice is actually consistent and unique to your brand and not just the, as I mentioned, uh, a certain website that I had visited uh, was just like save 15% on your first order. Now, I will say the save 15% on your first order, enter your email. It works for some brands if you're already a big brand mm -hmm. because people already have inherent trust in brands that that their friends or family members buy from that, that have that social proof already. And they're much more likely to give their email. If you're a new brand, if you're a smaller brand and people are still getting to know you, that's why it's so important to be customizing that content to match your brand's voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's also the T in trustworthiness. Hey, hey. Or EAT, which is the SEO acronym. Yay. Everything always ties back to SEO in my world. Okay. All right. Shocker. <laughs> All right. My next one here is one that just kills me oh, inside. This grinds your gears. Yes. Avoid using sarcasm. Things that say, no, thanks. I don't like saving money or I don't want to save the puppies or <laughs> whatever people decide to say. Yeah. We're just going for random things. Don't do it. it okay. What this is called is a dark pattern. A dark pattern is something that is trying to prevent you from taking a particular action by eliciting a feeling from you, a feeling of like a negative one, like a, mm -hmm. like guilt or fear or anxiety. We don't like doing this. No. We don't want you to do this. Just say no thanks. That's all you need. Yeah. It's what Kelly said. I, <laughs> I have nothing to add, but just yes. Agreed. Also on the topic of dark patterns. This is both a, it, it can be considered a dark pattern, but it's also uh, an accessibility issue. Mm -hmm. If you make it very difficult to close out of that pop-up without entering in your email address, you're in all kinds of trouble um, in terms of accessibility, in terms of me disliking you. I mean, I, 
if you don't care how I feel about you, then you're not really in trouble in that case, but you know, um, I won't, I won't put you on blast. Don't worry about that. Um, just what's, what's most important. If you're going to have a no thanks button, make sure it's easily clickable. And then that little X in the top right corner, that is a tap target. Make sure that is big enough for people to close. Um, I like pop-ups where I can click anywhere outside the pop-up to close it as well. Instead of like just that little X. Yeah. It's something I make sure I build in uh, when I'm doing custom pop-ups because it drives me crazy when I cannot actually close a pop-up and I have to click on that tiny little X. Yeah. My finger's not, my finger is too big. My finger is too big. (laughs) And I have very dainty fingers. Yes. That is, that is a fact. I mean, we can talk about tap targets for literally hours. We just talked about tap targets on another episode. We did just so. talk about tap targets on another episode. We have opinions on them. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is one that uh, Rian mentioned earlier. Don't cover the entire page. Do not. Full page pop-ups are not good for SEO. No. They're also extremely distracting for the customer. Yeah, they're not good for CRO either. Should we say some more acronyms? Just UX. <laughs> Poor UX. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a poor user experience all around. I know you're trying to get their attention. Good job. You got their attention because they don't know that you completely distracted them from what they were doing before. And that should not be your goal. Their goal is to be like, hey, nudge, nudge, and give us your email. It's not optimal. Okay, so when you are, when you do have a fantastic pop-up, you need to capture the information you need, but also don't overcomplicate it. Because if you ask for too much information, people are like, I'm out. No. We just talked about this as well. Um, both of these we talked about in our uh, UX mobile. Oh, that's when we talked pitfalls. about it. I was like, what did yeah. we talk about it? I don't. Kelly and I talk every day. I can't remember. Exactly. Maybe it was just like an evening yeah, conversation. Yeah. It wasn't actually in a podcast. <laughs> um, but no, this one actually wasn't a podcast. Uh, we did two We did two episodes on uh, Baymart Institute's mobile UX pitfalls. There are 18 of them and, and how to actually fix them. Uh one was about a month ago. The other one was, I think, two weeks ago. So two or three weeks ago. Um, definitely give those a listen. They are really solid episodes. They're some of my favorites. They are. They're very, very solid. So what this means is if you want to add an extra field, I see some people add like a birthday. Um, this is really common for gift-related brands. It's very common for boutiques. It's very common for brands that give a gift on your birthday. If you're not going to do anything with it, don't capture the information. Like that should just be like a rule because the more information you're requiring, the more people who are going to drop off and not actually complete the form at all. And then you're never going to get any of their information. Uh, I also see some forms have, especially for apparel brands who sell for both men and women, uh, like who are you shopping for or what are you shopping for? In that way, you're able to segment your audience when you start sending your emails being like, okay, well, they're looking for men's clothes or they're looking for women's clothes or they're shopping for gifts or they're shopping for themselves. So we're going to do like a treat yourself kind of email. Those types of things are where you might have opportunities to capture that additional information and use it. But the, the, the core idea here is don't capture information that you're not going to use and don't ask too many questions up front. You can always capture this information later during the welcome series even. You can ask polls, ask them, ask them surveys within an email and ask them to choose an option and it'll add as a property to their customer account. 
Um, this is on, I mean, I do this with Clavio. I'm sure there are other, uh, I'm sure the other email providers also do something similar. I will say something to, to your point about the, who are you shopping for, right? Like I come from retail. We've talked about this. I have a, I have a retail background and that was the best question to ask a person to, to segue into a sale. And I, I think that that's important to, as we continue to move more and more and more online and, and Ethan Choi and our last episode, you know, is predicting 50% e-commerce penetration. So, so think about how are we going to make an e-commerce moment feel and, and be an experience such as one in real life. And, and this is one of those questions, in my opinion, that can make all the difference in the world. Exactly. That's the hope. That is the hope. That is the hope. Okay. Um, okay. I would also say, and this kind of follows along where I said segment your audience, um, show your pop-up to the right audience as well. So first off, don't show your pop-up to people who are already on your mailing list. Like that's a huge no-no. Um, this should be a given, but when you have custom pop-ups, occasionally the developer forgets to do this. Um, totally not speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> I have never and done And then this. the pop-up is being shown to everybody. Never. Um, and consider creating different pop-ups for different audiences. So when you're using an app like Just Uno, and again, there are other apps that do this as well. I'm just using Just Uno as an example here. You can segment your audience in terms of what country they're from, what page they came in from, what type of device they're using, what they've been looking at on the website. And you're able to cater a different pop-up experience based on the, the different audience. So for example, um, this is not actually like an email pop-up, but this is another useful type of pop-up, just an informational one. Uh, for a brand uh, website that we built a while ago, it's, been, it's since been rebuilt, so I'm not going to add the link in the, in the show notes or anything. They had... Uh, three different stores for three different audiences, US, Canada, and then Australia and New Zealand. And what we would do is if you were coming in from an IP address that's based in Canada and you visit the .com website, we'd trigger a pop-up with Justuno and say, hey, we see you're in Canada. Would you like to shop on our Canadian site? And then clicking that button would redirect them to the same page they were on, just on the Canadian website. Smart. So that way you're you're getting their customers to the right place that they want to be as well so they can shop in their local currency and things like that. Um, this was back when it was much more difficult to have multi-currency as a, as a setup, to, like specifically on one Shopify store. It's much easier now to have one single entity on Shopify and sell in multi-currency, have different variations of your website based on, like by connecting the different domains, like the country-specific domains as well. Yes. Any questions? No. No. Cool. No. no. I mean, I I have a lot of thoughts about that in general, but I think this should be its own its own episode. <laughs> Let us talk briefly about SMS. Yes. And during during this conversation, I actually pulled up uglydrinks.com. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in them. And they, when you get past a certain point in their page, trigger a pop-up. So it's a it's, I think it's like two thirds down their page. It triggers a pop-up and it asks for your phone number. SMS, in my opinion, is the future of marketing. Hot take? I don't think it's a hot take. I just don't think it's a blanket statement. Okay, that's fair. There's a lot of nuance here that I'm, I am lacking. 
it's a it's still a wide open area of opportunity that you should be taking advantage of. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a customer base that spends more time on their phone, it's a really and, and you have a customer base that's more likely to respond to texts or respond positively, not literally hit reply and and reply, but they can. Um, consider adding SMS as another marketing avenue. That does not mean it replaces email and it should not be treated the same as email. They are two very different marketing what was verticals, the strategies, verticals, yeah. Efforts. Sure. sure. <laughs> Lanes. Lanes. I don't know. <laughs> Mechanisms. <laughs> we just pull up a do pull up a sword. <laughs> Pretend it's grad school. You're trying for another word. <laughs> uh, I'm so okay. I'm not ready for that yet. Rian and I start our executive MBA program in October, so it is clock is clock is. Then we're back. Ticking. We're. Back I thought it was October. Soon. That's what I said. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, but okay, so yeah, I think SMS is definitely something that's worth uh, looking into. Um, Clavio has SMS. Uh, you can also look at PostScript. You can look at Attentive. Um, there are others out there, but those are the the three that I am definitely most familiar with. Yes. Uh, should, do we want to give any examples of ones we like? I mean, you just gave a good example of uh, the pop-up. Like for ugly drinks, they've com- combined into your email and into your phone number. They have. Um, another, really, an, another unique use case I've seen for in, incorporating both email and SMS is back-in-stock pop-ups. So... You can have you can let them enter in their email or their phone number if their variant, their selected option is out of stock and they would just want to get a restock notification when it comes back in stock. Um, there's an app called Back in Stock that does this. Uh, Clavio also does this. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Clavio, despite how many times I say it. Although we really would like take it. the sponsorship. I'm just saying. wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Uh, but yeah, so. Definitely a uh, a big fan of that. So if you do want some good examples of uh, texts and how people are using it in the real world, fantastictexts.com. Uh, I think it's really fun to see how people are using these. Um, various brands on here. I see Hydrant, Judy, uh, Bad Habit Boutique, uh, Outer Isle, Bloom, all kinds of really great examples on here that are definitely worth looking into. Definitely check that out. Definitely, definitely. Adding that to the show notes. I mentioned this before, A-B test your pop-ups. So quick refresher. We already talked about this in the previous episode. Uh, A-B testing, you have a control. This is what the, uh, the the default state is that most people are seeing on your website or potentially 50% of people are seeing on your website. And then you have the variants that you've created um, one or more, you can have multiple vari- variations of that control, which basically you're tweaking, let's say, one line of text. You're tweaking the font. You're tweaking the timing. You are tweaking the positioning on the site, the type of pop-up. You're tweaking the image that is included on the pop-up. Um, there are a number of things that you can do with this that you can A-B test. Um, really, really great opportunity to easily learn more about how your customers are interacting with the pop-ups that you've created. The idea is you split your audience in half. Uh, usually it's half. You, you can do like 60, 40, 70, 30, however you want to do it. But we're just assuming you're doing 50-50 split here, where 50% of your customers will see the control and 50% of your customers will see the variant. And you're checking against certain metrics. Maybe the metric is to uh, see how many sales you're getting, how many signups you're getting, things like that. 
And when you're using a tool like Clavio, I'm so sorry. I had to say oh it again because that's how I use this. Um, but basically what it does is it's watching for these metrics and then it will determine a winner based on once you get enough traffic coming in to actually have enough results or enough data to work with. And it'll automatically switch over to start serving that one for everybody. I think it's a great idea. I think so as well. Um, if you want to A-B test your website, Google Optimize is a free tool to do that as well. And I love a free tool. Do I need to offer a discount to get people to sign up for my mailing list? No. Want, do you care to elaborate? <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. <sighs> Just give me more than no. I don't think approaching your brand as a discount brand is ever a good idea. So if you position yourself in any way that requires a discount... It, it, it can negatively impact the overall value of your entire brand. Does that make sense? Like- It does make if, sense. If you, if you lead with a discount, like, oh, hey. And, and you know what I always think of? Like Kate Spade, right? Kate Spade, you don't think of as, as a discount brand, but they do sample sales so frequently. I will never buy Kate Spade full price, ever. I wait for the 75% discount. So in my opinion, when you're leading in with a discount, people are like, oh, this is a discount brand. I'm going to get th- this stuff's always going to be less than the dollar amount. Or if I wait long enough, it's going to go on sale. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I would agree with that. I will say it's still okay to give a discount, but don't feel obligated to do so. Um, a lot of big brands do at least your first purchase, as long as you're just not making a habit to always have your customers expect to get a discount, even if they like, you know, happen to start the checkout process and wait through the, your abandoned cart series, because you know, in three emails in a week, you're going to be getting a discount code. Um, again, not speaking from experience or anything that I do for brands at all. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a thing. Okay. It's, it's a thing. It's okay to offer a discount. Do you need to offer a discount? No. And I think that's what that's the point we really want to drive home that there can be some detrimental effects if you start as a discount and then continue down that path to always try to offer a discount. Because as you said, once you establish that as a president, that's what people expect to see. And that's what they're going to wait. Uh, they're just going to wait to place an order before until they can actually get it on, on sale. Okay, so this week we're doing shout outs a little bit differently because why not? And <laughs> we're going to be shouting out some books. Kelly, you go first. Mine is a bit of a self-plug. The Tap Room, my company. Uh, I cannot take credit for this because this was the work of the team for the most part. Um, we recently released our first ebook. It's called Demystifying Migration. So it's for brands who want to migrate to Shopify or Shopify Plus. It's more geared towards Shopify Plus, but the language, the ideas, the methodologies, they all, they're all the same, uh, save for a few things you don't have access to on core Shopify, like certain APIs. Uh, but highly recommend checking it out. We worked really hard on it. Uh, you can visit commercetea.com forward slash ebook, and it'll take you to the Taproom website because 301 redirects, your redirects are a great thing. And also something that you're going to have to set up when you're migrating to Shopify. I love a redirect. That's a, that's, I'd love a redirect. 301s are great. 404s are not. Oh, yeah. 404, bad. It means your stuff's broken. <laughs> it means something's broken. Uh, all right. What, what's yours? 
Mine is a pretty hefty book called Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community by Robert D. Putnam. It was recommended to me by my friend who is in uh, political tech, and it is about broken bonds in our communities and the impact it has on physical and civic, physical and civic, physical and civic health. So. It, and, and what's interesting is this book's 20 years old, and yet oh. it, it has a new forward and a new, a new preface, rather, and a new afterward, but this book stands up. And I, I think that when a book can stand up over 20 years, when it's a social science book, that's, that's really something special. So I, I will say it's a bit chewy. It is, it is a bit of a meaty book, but I, I love a meaty book, uh, which is why I have a degree in history. Hey, uh, check it out. I think it's interesting. And more than anything, it's uh, as we continue in the world today, how do we uh, reach across to people who maybe we're different than and find commonalities with them? Cool. Still stands up. So apparently the website for it is bowlingalone.com. So you can read about it. Fantastic. There. There you go. Purchase it. There you go. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about pop-ups and hopefully it was helpful. Yes, I hope and so. we weren't just totally ripping apart pop-ups. I think we were, I think there were a lot, there was, there was a lot of good advice in here. I think so. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. You can visit it at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please, reviews make us really happy. Please, please, please. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.